Hi, I'm Mark, and thank you for joining me on Words of Truth today. I appreciate you tuning in to this podcast. You know, we live in a world of loss. Uh, I haven't said anything astounding so far, have I? In fact, there isn't one thing in life that lasts forever. Hmm, that house that you purchased brand new, guess what? It's going to grow old, it's going to decay someday, and the old will have to be replaced with the new. Oh, and our cars, guess what? They're going to wear out. They're going to be need, needing to be replaced or have extensive repairs done. You think those old cars that people are running around don't require repair? Uh, the furniture we sit on, the flowers we plant in the garden, the people that we live around will all grow old and pass away someday. And some of those losses are more difficult to deal with than others. It might not be a big deal for the flowers you planted in the spring to die in the fall. Well, that's kind of expected, isn't it? And they can all be replaced easily. There's no real emotional attachment. But that favorite chair <laughs> that has brought hours of comfort, well, that's a little bit more difficult to part with. Moving is at the top of the list of difficult things to cope with. Why? Well, not only do you have to deal with the loss of the house that you loved and, well, you put a lot of sweat equity into, but then there's the loss of the neighbors and the friends. And if you're a Christian, you have to find a new church to attend to in your, in your, in your new city or town. Uh, you have to make new friends. You have to get acquainted with new neighbors get accustomed to where the best shopping is and how to get around in your new city? Well, there's just a ton of emotional things to cope with. My wife and I are going through all of those emotions as we speak, as we're moving across the country from Ontario to Alberta in less than a week. It's, it's a huge move for us, and we're experiencing a lot of losses. But the most difficult loss to cope with is the loss of a loved one. And I know there have been a lot of that this year with COVID. And I know that uh, we, we're experiencing a lot of loss in our world and in our cities and in our families. In 2017, we experienced the loss of one of our sons. And so I'm well acquainted with the pain of losing a loved one. I mean, your head is spinning with so many thoughts and feelings and emotions. You can't grasp that you've had your last visit, your last conversation, your last meal, your last holiday with your loved one. Uh, your mind is flooded with things that you wish you had have said or done. And you want to say, I love you one last time. And you want to hear it said back to you again. And since we're coming up on the anniversary of the loss of our son, today I want to spend some time talking about how to make sense out of what appears to make no sense and to point you towards hope, even as you are experiencing the darkness of loss in your own life. The first thing that will help us to remember are a few scriptural truths. You see, when you're dealing with grief, your emotions race and your thoughts are scattered. In the middle of this confusing and hard time, you need to remember a few simple truths from the Bible. 
And God will use those truths to help you to understand what you're experiencing and give you some hooks, if you will, to hang on to as you go through your grief. Now, no one can ever ever prepare you for the death of a loved one, whether it's a result of a long-time illness or if it happens suddenly. It always catches us unprepared. In fact, death is so deeply emotional and stunningly final that there's really nothing you can do ahead of time that will help you just sail through your moment of loss. Everyone goes through the same emotions, and the Bible has actually a lot of stories that mirror our experience. One such story, for example, is the death of David's son, Absalom. In it, we see a picture of a grieving parent. Maybe you remember the story that Absalom had plotted to take his father, David's throne, as king of Israel. But when his rebellion was crushed, Absalom was killed. Even though David had ordered his soldiers to take him alive, David knew that Absalom's actions might lead to his death, but, well, that didn't lessen his grief. 2 Samuel 18.33 tells us, And the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would I had died instead of you, Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. You see, death shakes us to the core. David's cry is the cry of every grieving parent and of every person who loses a loved one. Whether it's unexpected or predictable, death shakes us to the very core. The pain is inescapable. And so I want to encourage you, don't feel guilty or embarrassed if you feel unprepared to face it. There's just no way to be ready for what you're going through. In fact, death wasn't in God's original plan. One reason death is so hard to accept and understand is that it's completely out of step with the life God planned for this world. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 21 to 26, the Apostle Paul calls death our enemy. This is what it says. For as by a man came death, By a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. Now listen to this, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. You see, death is the enemy of everything good and beautiful about life. Someone has said that death should make you morally sad and righteously angry. Why? Well, because death reminds us that we live in a world that's horribly broken. Sin sin ruined planet Earth, and all of us are infected with a sin nature at birth, which means that none of us are functioning naturally according to God's original design. And that's why it's a biblical 
thing to treat death as sad and not unnatural. In fact, God encourages us to mourn because death was never meant to be natural. And it's when we recognize that fact that we begin to hunger for a final restoration of all things. And it's when we'll long to live in a place where the last enemy, death, has been defeated, which is heaven. Another thing to realize is that it's normal to feel alone when someone dies. You see, death is one of the loneliest experiences of human existence. In fact, it's normal to feel like no one else has ever gone through what you're going through and to feel all alone, even when you're surrounded by people. But death is a universal experience, and you're surrounded by a company of mourners. More powerful than that is to realize that Jesus is always with you. Did you know another name for Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us? It's a name that reminds us that as his children, we're literally the place where God lives and that we're never, uh, never alone in the darkness. It's in Jesus that we have a powerful counselor and friend who not only stands beside us, but who also lives in us. And it's his presence that makes it impossible for us to be alone in this moment of pain. John chapter 14, verses 15 to 20 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he, what, dwells with you and will be in you. The death of Jesus is another powerful demonstration of what Jesus did for us when he died for our sin. It was on that hill of death outside the city of Jerusalem that the best thing that ever happened came from the worst thing that ever happened. I mean, what could be worse than killing the Messiah? What could be more unjust than the illegal execution of the one perfect person who ever lived? In the sermon that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 36, and you could read that on your own if you'd like, but Peter said that Jesus' death was an evil thing done by evil men to the one truly good person in the whole world. But, this terrible moment was under God's control. In fact, God's plan was to take what was meant for evil and turn it into good. And it was in that moment that Jesus died that God defeated death and sin, the two enemies we could never defeat on our own. And in the same way, God brings good and wonderful things out of the darkest moment in our lives. God is present with us in the darkness, and his plan is to bring about something good. He, he delivered up his son to death so that we might have life, and he won't abandon us in the darkness. You see, one day, death will ultimately be put to death. It's the death of a loved one that should remind us that God's work isn't complete yet. 
It was because of sin that death entered into the world. And when sin is completely and ultimately defeated by the return of Christ, death will be defeated. Paul said, for he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. You see, Jesus died so that we don't have to die anymore. When he rose from the dead, death was defeated. And until he returns, well, we'll still experience death. But one day, everything will change. One day, children won't have to mourn their parents or parents their children. There will be no widows or grieving friends. Yes, death is the enemy. But this enemy will one day die. One day, life will give way to life eternal when Christ returns to reign. And so as you weep, my friend, remember that the one who weeps with you understands your heartache. Jesus, you know, is the man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. But he does more than just understand. He also acts. Jesus won't let death reign forever. His death on the cross defeated death, and his resurrection guarantees that one day all who believe in him will be resurrected to a life of glory and peace. One day he's coming again to end physical death and to usher in a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no dying, no tears, and no sorrow. So. Be honest about your emotions. It's okay to mourn and grieve, but then run to Jesus who will give you comfort in your sorrow and open up yourself to God who will turn your sorrow into joy by realizing his presence in your life and his love for you and then celebrate eternity and that there's life beyond what we see today and, family, and finally, give away the comfort you receive from God. Don't hoard your comfort. Use it to comfort someone else. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope this helped. And maybe you can pass this along to somebody else who needs the comfort and encouragement.